This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I, I like when you can so go by easy. price because I can go right down to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> Get lines of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. Oh. <laughs> Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Mm. Hi, my name is Judy Greer. I feel very privileged to be Conan O'Brien's friend. Well, thank friend. you, because it is a privilege <laughs> for, for you. This for is, me. Yeah, for you. I mean, I get nothing out of this. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are going to be friends. Hello and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Lovely show today. Um, I'm saying that just as an <laughs> act of faith. Act of faith. If you say it, then it will be so. Is something I've always believed. Um, okay. And uh, I'm joined, as always, by my trusty companion, my assistant, Sona Movsesian. Hello, Sona. Hey, Conan. Or Talin, your middle name. Just say Sona. Sona Movsesian. Uh, and if you see her on the street, say, hey, Talin. Drives are crazy. What is your middle name, Matt Gorley? You are Matt Eustace Gorley. Ma Matthew Matt James Gorley. Matt Eustatius Gorley. No, no, no. Matthew <laughs> yes, yes, James yes. Gorley. Matt Eustace Hezekiah Gorley. Uh, what is that? What do you got there? Is that the shusher? That's a baby shusher, yeah. Have, what is that? I have one, what is, two of those. What is that? It's just something you put next to your baby to try to get it be quiet and it... it <laughs> It just shushes them. And so I'm shushing you. Why don't you just go shush? That's all it's doing. It's doing what you then could you do. You can just go out. You and your wife can go out and get food and leave this behind. Well, why don't you just leave, get like a Michelin tire, put an ice pick through it, and let it hiss at your baby while you and your wife hit the bar scene. I don't understand why you need that thing. That thing seems, and that's not comforting. That's not, that's, <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a reason it's in here with me and not being used. Yeah, thing's yeah, we don't terrible. It, it looks like a salt and pepper shaker. Yeah. But when you turn the knob, it makes your baby think that there's an asp in the bed <laughs> with it, ready to strike at her jugular. That's terrible. Well, I think he was using it now for a different reason. Yeah, And it was. wasn't working. No, I can talk right through that. I don't need that. That's not That wouldn't have worked in my house growing up. Let me tell you, six apes, six mm. Irish apes running around <laughs> smashing into each other. Redheaded orangutans. No, I was the only redhead, but I was a redheaded orangutan with, the, with five other apes, all of us smashing and crashing into each other in a confined space. Uh, my father, of course, always at the lab. He'd always say, well, I... Sure. The lab go to the cocktail bar. Yes, yeah, exactly. He, didn't, he didn't, wasn't even Trust a doctor. Me. Trust me. <laughs> the, He's not even a doctor. He, he bought a white coat. <laughs> <laughs> he, bought, he took a white coat off of an ice cream vendor and uh, said he was a doctor and was just gone all the time. <laughs> and my poor mother would just be trying to get us all to be quiet and just settle down. And nothing ever worked. You know what I'm picturing? You know that scene in Zoolander where they're like jumping on the computer, trying to open it up, and they're just a bunch of monkeys? I just picture six of those just running around, jumping on things and making weird, like, grunting noises. Yeah. No, it was uh, my my mom did everything she could to get us to settle down, and uh, it didn't work. And once my mother and father, they never got to go out to dinner. First of all, in Boston in the 70s, I think there was one restaurant in our it, it, within thirty miles of our house, and uh, it was. Was a it pe- something like like the Jolly Roger? Or yeah, exactly. Like yeah. It had, um, and it was this restaurant that my. It was Tony's Italian Villa, and, <laughs> and it was it's on, not even a restaurant. And it was on and it was on Route Nine. Tony's Italian it's Villa his house. Tony's Italian Villa was on Route Nine. And my poor folks, it was the one restaurant they could take us to and they could afford it because we'd all cram into one booth and it had one of those mini jukeboxes at the end of the table, one of those mini ones. Yeah, nothing says Italian restaurant like a mini jukebox. And my my brother would always put whatever it was back then, a nickel into it and play American Pie because the song lasted longer than any other song. So I was sitting there at Tony's Italian Villa, which by the way, had these terrible paintings on the wall of like, like the Parthenon and and Anthony Quinn and Zach Galifianakis. Like, All Greek. Yeah, anything Greek. Mike Dukakis, Olympia Dukakis, um, yeah. Mount Dukakis. And, and we'd sit there and you'd hear, and I just associate them. They knew, they served one thing, which was pizza. This, they'd bring us a pizza and we'd each get one soda. We were allowed one soda. Oh. We never got to drink soda because my dad's a doctor. We never got to drink soda except when we went to Tony's Italian Villa. And we each wow. got one soda and the nickel would go in. A long, long time ago, I can still remember. And you'd be like, oh my God, here we go. This song goes on for nine minutes. And Neil would say, yeah, but it's a nickel. Yeah, did he want to get his nickels worth? That's yeah, why he yeah. just wanted as much. So every time was like, and I didn't know what possible. it was. Chevy to the levy, and I didn't know what a levy was. Mm. And I remember I'd sit there waiting for the pizza, which we always got. And we get our, we'd each get our one coke, which wasn't very much coke. It was a narrow glass. And I'll never forget the time my brother Neil said, "Hey, I'll race you to see who can drink their coke first. And I went, <laughs> "Okay." And he said, go. And I just inhaled the Coke instantly. And Neil didn't even take a sip. Oh, brutal. And my Coke for the for not just the week, maybe the month, 
was gone. Oh. And Nia was just laughing at me with these. That is brutal. With his, oh, and he had a big man. donkey laugh. He was like, ah! <laughs> and then I heard, drove my Chevy to the levee, but the. And then a guy would come over and be like, you want your pizza pie? You're like, can you at least pretend to be Italian? <laughs> this story is somehow depressed me. It really is. Guess what? I still, whenever I go back and see my parents, I always, if, I, if I'm if i driving in, um, you know, from anywhere and I'm driving on Route 9, I pass the building that used to be oh. Tony's Italian Villa because it's long gone. A long, long, long time, time ago, ago, I can still remember when Olympia Dukakis was on the wall. <laughs> and the three men I admired most, the father, the son, and the garlic toast, they looked a bit in dim light like Donnie Most. The day the pizza pied. Sona, do you want to leave? Yeah, I have to go. I wanted you guys to understand my childhood but i think yeah. we've done enough of that today let's uh that's nice let's get the show started shall we yeah my uh, my guest today is, is of course an actress who's appeared in such movies and shows as 13 going on 30 jurassic world ant-man and arrested development now she's starring in team coco's newest scripted podcast self-center which is available now on audible i love her i'm thrilled she's with us today Judy Greer, welcome. People ask me, you know, who's coming on the podcast, and I'll tell them, oh, it's this person, it's that person. I'm going in today. So starting about two days ago, people were asking me, who are you talking to this week? And I would list the people I'm talking to, and then I would get to you. And it's the same response every time. Oh, I love Judy Greer. <laughs> oh, I love Judy Greer. Were you talking oh, about Richard Kind? It was, uh, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was Richard Kind. And it took me a while to realize each person I'm talking to was Richard Kind. <laughs> And he was swapping out wigs and stuff, and he kept going to great effort to pass me again on the street as a different character and an old lady. And um, but no, people uh, people are gaga for you across the board. And then my wife talks to me as little as possible. And then this morning I'm headed out, and I'm, she said, "What are you?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to go talk to Judy Greer." She's like, "Oh my God, Judy Greer! She's she's my favorite person to me, the person she married." <laughs> And um, I start to feel like shit. And then uh, she says to say hi because you were so lovely to her when she met you years ago. And so um, point of the podcast today in my my mission is to take you down a few picks. <laughs> Let's begin. <laughs> Chip away at this hole. It won't take long. Oh, no, it will not. <laughs> It will not. I've got some really good dirt on you. Oh. Yeah, you dined and dashed I'm... in 1989. <gasps> How did you know? Yes, at a Fuddruckers. In, um, in Dearborn, Michigan. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but then you returned days later and paid 10 times what you had dined and dashed on. So that kind of ruins my gotcha moment. No, I was trying to think about, because you uh, came on the late night show Many times, um, and uh, every time you were on the show, people were, uh, you know, audiences really happy to see you. Everybody on staff, mm. I love Judy Greer. I mean, going like, well, okay, <laughs> I think know, I helped she's... during the interview. I elevated her. And they're like, well, no. We, you were there. I, I was mean... there anyway. <laughs> so was Andy, to be fair. Andy was, Andy Richter was there, and of course, and then people would say, Andy actually contributed more than you. And then people would say, you seemed kind of sour during part of it. Um, and, <laughs> and I've looked at the tape and I really didn't help you. It was all you. Uh, 
I go back over those tapes over and over and over again. But uh, oh, but, therapy. But I've, I've <laughs> 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 no, I've I've thought about what is it about Judy because there's something that I relate to so quickly with you, and I was you know doing my my research and reading and, and reading interviews with you in the past. And then I saw that several times you've mentioned that you were a late bloomer. And I thought, uh, my God, that might be part of the key. I was a late bloomer. I'm, I think, still about to bloom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for it myself. <laughs> waiting. America's waiting for me to bloom. Um <laughs> My testicles dropped during Obama's second term. Oh, I have to be honest with you. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit too much information. It was audible; you could hear it. Um, <laughs> Mine are still up there, but <laughs> that's but was, okay. But I was thinking about. I was thinking. Um, I do relate, and you're you're so naturally funny, and you're always yourself. And I thought, does that come from? Sometimes I have this theory that not quite knowing who you are. Mm. at an early age may help. Is that possible? I'd like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I think uh, finding out that you can make people laugh if you can't get anything else out of them mm-hmm. is like a trick when mm-hmm. you're young. And you're like, okay, I'm not that hot girl and I'm not that good at sports and I'm not this, but like I can make people laugh and I can like ride on that until like I grow boobs. <laughs> I said all those same things, (laughs) and the boobs never came. And then they had to explain to me that no, you don't get those. I know. I wore a training bra through most of the George W. Bush administration. I time things by administration. But. I can tell. I'm trying to remember which administration it was when uh-huh. my mom took me to shop for my first bra and she asked the sales lady if they had any inverted bras in this section. Oh my God. I was like, what? Inverted? Yes. Meaning there's such an absence of breast, it's you're going in. What? So mortified. What, what, was that a joke or did she really think there was an inverted bra? It was a joke. Oh, good. But it was kind of mean, don't you think? Kind it of. is mean. Yeah. It's very mean. Wait, when was Reagan not, what, what was his last? I'm trying to think of when that would have been. Well, Reagan, of course, would be 1980 to 88. 80 to um, Technically yeah, 89. Yeah, I think it was. So then to just keep on with the administrations, it would have been during the Reagan administration that this happened, (laughs) if you're taking notes. I am. I'm monitoring all of this. Uh, I committed my first murder during the Carter administration. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. The victim will not be missed. Trust me. Um, Pretty much a drifter. Uh, (laughs) Just wanted to see what it felt like. I landed it feel good. It felt so amazing to watch the life just leave this person. Um, Why don't you and I, instead of me interviewing other people ever again, why don't you and I just always talk? Because it's already that that much fun. (laughs) No, but, uh, well, it's funny because just before we got on mic, I was talking about how uh, I'm about to go to Boston <gasps> yes. for uh, to visit my parents. And I, we, you were asking me about Boston. I said, well, it's kind of nice when I go home to Boston because everyone in Boston knows I'm from there. So I get a little bit of extra street cred when yeah. I'm in Boston. And people are like, oh yeah, Conan. And it, it feels nice. Yeah. Um, and you said that you have a similar <laughs> experience, but not when you go to a city. When I go to a gay bar. I called it <laughs> my, my soap dish moment. Uh-huh. If anyone knows that scene in that film. And Explain. Yeah. Please. So Sally Field is a soap opera star and she's 
I mean, my memory of it is that she's like not feeling so good about herself. So mm-hmm. she goes to the mall and has her assistant scream, oh, my God, is that so-and-so? I forgot her character's name. And then everyone's like, ah! and then she signs a bunch of autographs and she feels really good about herself. So, yeah, I imagine that's like you in Boston is that you make your mom scream like, oh, my God, is that Conan O'Brien? So that you can <laughs> sign a bunch of autographs and feel really good about yourself. Actually, my assistant <laughs> is here, Sona. And, yeah. and it always makes me yeah. do that. And 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 she's you're never that convincing, Sona. You always uh, first of all, I probably wrote you a bad script because I always say, "Look, it's a television chat show legend, Conan O'Brien." Yes, and it doesn't help that I mispronounce your name. All the time. Yeah, several times you said it's yeah. Conrad Orion. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then you yell, "Conan O'Brien, I'm famous." Yeah, and then, <laughs> by then by then you've wandered away. <laughs> She's distracted by the Footlocker. Um, <laughs> I uh, have started telling people I'm famous. And it has been really freeing for me when people know that they know me, but they don't know what they know me from. Well, it's I the like worst to thing. just say, I'm famous. The worst thing in the world is, <laughs> how do I know you? Yeah. You seem famous, but I don't know who you are. And then they put you in this terrible oh my position God. of having to exp- No, so so lady, 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 <laughs> no. explain to me. Yeah. Explain Tell to me. me. Tell me. Yeah. And then you have to go, oh, oh, well, okay, do you you own a television? Yes, are you more of a movie buff or uh, (laughs) do you just like the commercials? (laughs) Do you have young kids that watch Netflix? Uh, Are you, let's see, judging by your outfit, you love a romantic comedy. You still think there's the one out there, so maybe it's the wedding planner. I don't know. I had this at a dinner party. There was six people at the dinner party and one couple showed up late and the guy was like I know you what do I know you from Uh, and I was like we're like like this is a friend birthday it was the weirdest thing and then uh yeah and I actually wrote a book called I Don't Know What You Know Me From. Um, remember this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Confessions of a Co-Star. And what I love is like when I go and get a new job and I go on set, like often people, I like to say like my sweet spot is like three to seven on the call sheet. And if mm-hmm. you don't know, the call sheet is in like hierarchy. Of, Number one yeah. is the star of Not the movie. Not me. Um, yes. Number two is boning the star of the movie in the movie, in the movie, in the movie, not in RL. Um, and then number three through seven, sometimes in RL, sometimes they do bone, but then three through seven is like where you get like the, like, I love you. Why do I love you? What are you in? (laughs) That's our life. But our life is great. Can I say one thing, though, to put this in in, in perspective uh, for you, Judy? You're at least on the movie call sheet. It's true. I am not in movies. No one wants me in movies. Are you sure? Oh, I Have you even played yourself in a movie? That counts. I did. I played myself in a couple of movies, brief cameos, but it's all when the character has a- Like a love of you. Conan O'Brien or something and then there needs to be a quick shot of me at the end giving the thumbs up um, or and then you record it like after you tape your shows yes yes I know and then and then uh, and that's it and so what I'm saying is you should count your blessings because you're you're in movies and also uh, you've been um, I mean come on you had a 
famous, well-known uh, romantic scene with a Mr. George Clooney. Who I totally did. Yeah. I did. I also won, and I don't know, maybe you're going to bring this up later and I don't want to jump to it now. No, you can jump anywhere um, you want. I won an award at the Denver Film Festival. Uh, this was about 11 years ago. Um, I would have been in my 30s. I won a Lifetime Achievement Award. At it's the always d- good to get a Lifetime Achievement Award when you're in your 30s. I was like, who dropped out? Or what do they know about your lifespan? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what do they know in Denver that we don't know here? Judy, we got your blood test. Yeah. And we, we're giving you a Lifetime Achievement Award. They, <laughs> yeah, we quickly. think now we, so we want to be the ones to do it. What was it for? Just a Lifetime Just, Achievement Award for everything you've done up to I that point? Think being kick I don't know. Um, yeah, well, I was doing press for a movie, and so then there's all these weird things that pop up when you're, like, doing press for a movie, like, oh, they want to give you this Lifetime Achievement Award, or they want to have you, like, at this restaurant opening or something, like press stuff. So they arranged for this thing for me to go out, and the reason I bring it up is because they were like, we're going to cut together a little, like, some minutes of some scenes that you were in, and, like, they cut together, like, way too long of a reel of my scenes, and, like, my scene with George Clooney was in it, and I was like, this is not appropriate to, like, show, I felt like... Because it was highly sexual. Because it was like having sex times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Having sex times or sexy times. Sexy times. Um, That's the thing I can't wrap my mind around. Sex. (laughs) You got it. You are – you are very good slash terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, you're right. I really can't wrap my mind around it. And um, happy to take a call in right now. Uh, if you want. But it is true. I cannot wrap my mind around it still. Uh, but I will say um, when I was talking about how I'll never be on a call sheet, I don't understand the whole concept of doing that in front of cameras. Oh. And, I, and, and I've never understood it. And the idea that you would show up, and I don't even know if, know if you knew George Clooney or anything, but they say, okay, you've got the part. Now come into this room and they open a door. I mean, I don't understand how you get to that place. I don't either. That was like very early in my career too. And it was so uncomfortable. And that particular job, someone had fallen out of that role and I got like this phone call at like 8 p.m. the night before. And they were like, they're This gonna- is for Three Kings. Yes, yeah. for Three Kings. I'm like, just basically, I just moved to LA. I get this phone call and they're like, um, there's a movie and they lost one of their actors and they want to fly you out to Arizona to audition for the director at like seven in the morning tomorrow morning. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, of course. So I do my audition and there's like three other girls there and we're waiting in the lobby to get back in a van to drive back to the airport. And they're like, oh, Judy, can we talk to you for a second? And it was the assistant to David O. Russell, the director, and he brings me over and he's like, you got the part, but like, I don't know what to do. I can't really like send you back in the van with everyone. So I just went to the bathroom and hid. And then I come out of the bathroom after the van leaves and he's like, okay, so we're going to take you into a rehearse now. Like I just found out I got the part. This is two minutes later. They take me into a hotel room. And you're new at this. Pretty, I'm so new at this. Like I don't know anything. They bring me in this hotel room to rehearse and there's George Clooney and he's in the bathroom and I go in the bathroom with him so that we can pretend that we're doing the sex thing where Nora Dunn walks in on us and it was just like this all happened within like eight minutes and I was losing my mind. And I'd also like to point out something that you and I know but most people listening don't know is that in real life George Clooney is a very hideous man. He wears so many (laughs) prosthetics in movies. Yeah. Like and people don't understand that he's not truly attractive and he's not very nice and He's not very funny, yeah. and he doesn't actually play pranks. Those no, are no, no. 
now, all of his assistants all, that do those pranks. Yes, there's been this whole myth out there that he's like this good-looking A-lister. Like and good guy. Yeah, he's this very small, gnarled, very old man uh, and yes. uh, has an odor. And then they they <laughs> they work for hours to get him into the Clooney phase yeah. so that they can shoot. And so mm-hmm. you didn't, obviously were meeting the Clooney that you and I know. It was a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. He <laughs> <laughs> was just like hunched over sitting on the edge of a Holiday Inn bathtub, like, hey. And he's like, hey, let's do this. Do we, what, you want to read the scene one? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just how he talks in real life. <laughs> and then you went from uh, that sex scene to, I think, your next intimate scene oh, was with Gary, uh, Gary Shandling yeah. uh, for for his movie. Yes. Um, that was a Mike Nichols movie uh, called What Planet Are You From? And I had literally gone from a sex scene with George Clooney, mm-hmm. who is gross, but whatever, to, um, <laughs> <laughs> to like one of the hottest men in Hollywood, uh-huh. like Gary Shandling. Anyway, um, so I go to this set with Gary and Gary's very nervous and I'm very nervous, but he's so nervous that I'm like, okay, I can't be nervous because Gary's very nervous. And so he's like, I don't know. This is so crazy. I'm like, I know it's weird. And, you know, we're just going to like the the better we do it and the faster we do it, the faster it'll be over. So let's just just what my wife said. I got that from her. Um, anyways, <laughs> so so he's like, have you ever done this before? And I was like, yeah, I actually just did it in another movie and it was not a big deal. Don't even worry about it. And he was like, well, who, who was your other scene with? And I was like, it was with George Clooney. And he was like, no, I'm not doing this. I am not doing this scene now. I refuse to be the person after George Clooney. It's so great because I can, I was friendly with Gary and knew him yeah. well and loved him. And just the, the I can just see him. Yes. Hearing that information yes. and being so funny yes. and also funny because some of it's true. He really is shutting down oh. because it's George Clooney. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there, California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching, you can go hiking in Yosemite, and then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want, they got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always 
doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus... They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it it down I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking play. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it in Saturn. (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Um, I also had a scene in that movie where I had to slap him across the face and I don't like violence, but uh, the first take, I kind of, you know, just barely hit him and, and Mike Nichols was like, okay, kid, you gotta, you gotta really hit him. And I was like, okay. And I said, are you sure, Gary, it's okay if I really hit you? And he was like, yeah, I'm whatever. Anyway, I hit him so hard uh, across the face and he's like clutching his face and he looks really alarmed. And that was real. I have to say what I've learned in, in comedy is if they don't really hit you, it's not funny. We had uh, Sophie Turner on from Game of Thrones, and she wanted to demonstrate this thing oh. that she can do where you um, – I, th- I think it was – I take a shot of something, and then she's supposed to slap me. And just before uh, we go out to do the interview, she said, well, I, in her lovely British lilting voice, I won't really 
hit you that hard in the face and I said, Sophie, for it to work and be funny, you really have to unload thinking I can handle it. And um, the clip's out there online, but I do a shot. She's a very tall, strong woman and she hits me (laughs) and you can see (laughs) that I – Momentarily, <laughs> I am, and the crowd loves it. I'm sure, and my my ear is ringing. And then she immediately gives me a hug because she can tell. Oh, I saw a little bit of brain come out his ear. <laughs> but it was. It's just true. I didn't regret telling her that. I kind of regret it. <laughs> I still can't hear out of that ear. But um, but it was funny. And I'll you know if if it's gonna if you want it to work, it, it has, has to really I be. Know. You have to really hit. Yeah. I mean, especially something like that, like a slap across the face. You can't like totally fake that. No, no. So later when I have to hit you, Conan. When it's time, (laughs) some would say (laughs) anyone listening is happy with you striking me at any time. (laughs) We we have a a lot of uh, hate listeners. We found out that 70% of our listeners just are like, oh, man. One day, someone's just going to fuck that guy up. I'm going to be here for it. I'm going to listen to every ad and buy every product. As long as that guy gets his ass handed to him, then I'm happy. Um, You know, it's funny because I was thinking about, you know, you're very self-deprecating about the fact that you're not the first three or four people on the the call sheet usually, Mm -hmm. that you're the friend. And I was thinking, I find, first of all, you're always magnificent Thank and you. you've carved out such a nice place for yourself. I think there are downsides to being number one on the call sheet. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I've always turned chosen. it down. <laughs> chosen chose, to just- You went on a different path. I went on a different yeah. path, which was yeah. all my choosing. <laughs> <laughs> There's always downsides. I mean, I remember shooting Ant-Man. We were in San Francisco and Paul Rudd's obviously Ant-Man. And one of the crew members when we were setting up a shot was like, so Paul, like, where have you been out to eat? Like, what have you been doing since you've been in San Francisco? And Paul's like, nothing. I can't ever do anything because I'm always here. Like, of course, it's Paul. So he was really sweet about it. But he's like, we looked at each other like, what do they think we do when like I, when you're three to seven, you can like totally totally go to a show. You can take in some of the new restaurants, right. maybe like work out. Like when you're one and two, like you don't get to wander around. I do remember all the years that I was hosting a late night show, all those 28 years when we would, I couldn't leave my office. And then we were down at rehearsal. I couldn't leave my desk and they would bring, you know, Sona would bring me my lunch, like down at the talk show desk. And I'd be eating it while we were trying to figure things out. And then other people would wander in and went, yeah, I just went to Bed Bath & Beyond. And because (laughs) I don't have have a sketch on today, or Andy would come in and say, yeah. Right, like I just had acupuncture. I just had acupuncture. (laughs) Um, I also had a a lung uh, resected. And uh, (laughs) Have you ever driven on Route 66? I just did. It's crazy. (laughs) And, you know, I would resent sometimes. It's like, and they'd be like, well, you wanted your own show. And I'd be like, I know. Dad, yeah. you don't have to remind me. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is, I could see <laughs> one of my dreams always um, has been to one day, um, if I could get a role in a Broadway show where 
and it's very specific what I want to do. Okay. I want to come out. I'm not the star. No. I'm not the co-star. I'm not even one of the first five people. But I show up at one point in the show. I have not that much to do, but I kill. It's a part that's written perfectly for me. I kill. People love it. And then I leave. And so that's it. And then all yeah. day long, I'm biking in Central Park. Yeah, totally. I'm meeting my wife. <laughs> yeah. We're having wine with lunch. Yeah. Then it's time for my nap. Yes. Then a little facial surgery. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you were like your sweet spot would be like halfway through, like after the intermission, halfway through, you kill it, you go upstairs, you like have a drink, post something on the socials, yes. come down and bow. Yes. And then that's go it. out for drinks with your friends. Well, I've talked to, I actually mentioned this because uh, I uh, uh, got to know Lynn Manuel Miranda a little bit and he's been on the podcast and he's such a f- funny, wonderful a uh, super creative, great person to know. So I mentioned to him once, look, <laughs> my dream role is the king, playing the king yes, in Hamilton. Yes, yes. Because, and, and of course, Jonathan Groff nailed it. He comes out and he's spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no Jonathan Groff, but he came out and he nailed it. I remember talking to him. I went backstage and I'm talking to people and then I went right up to Jonathan Groff and I went, you, you, you are so funny yeah. and you get to come out and you just get to kill. I so want to do that. And he was sort of looking at me like, yeah, I could see why you'd want to do this part that that I have that you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> but I would deck out my, I would deck out yes. my dressing room to make it incredibly comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd make them buy me one of those crazy expensive massage chairs. Yes. And I'd have uh, all these smoothie things that make smoothies. Mm-hmm. And I'd have like, you've yes. got to get me all kinds of cable hookups. Yes. And then a Sona, you'd be having to run out and get me. Um, today, I feel like having a little dog in my dressing room, but it's not really oh, my little dog. Yeah. I just Can we get a second assistant? <laughs> yes, we can have a second so you assistant. you get your own assistant. I and, think you should also yeah. redecorate every couple weeks. Yes. <laughs> just to keep it fresh for visitors. Right. And the play is actually doing very well, but it's losing money. Yes. Because the asshole who comes out for eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Your decorating budget. Late in the first yes. act is blowing all the money. But um, no, I was thinking that you have done a, an incredible job of inhabiting all these different spaces. You're not just the de- self. You do comedy. Yes. And, and you do it so well. Thank but you. you also have been in horror. You've also, I mean, you, yes. ha, you, and in, and serious drama, you inhabit all these different spaces and you've done an amazing job of you. Can, I can't, you can't be pigeonholed. I don't mm. know if that was conscious that you did that. No, it wasn't. I just, um, love working and making money. And so God, I just, you're awful. <laughs> I don't, do, I don't do any of this for money. I just, I hate that they give me money for this. I hate it. I, I just keep going where I just keep like trying different things. And like, it's been, I never knew I was doing something smart, but it's only been like within the last couple of years, I realized like, oh yeah, like I've hit all the different genres, demographics. Like I'm like actively trying to do that because it's fun. Cause it's more fun. Like to do something completely different than to just keep doing the same thing all the time. And I think that even though I've had tons of success in certain jobs and certain jobs, not as much, but like, that's why I get to go and, you know, keep doing like, I'm about to start like a straight up comedy, which I realize like, I haven't done that in so long. Like I've done these like dark comedies. 
I was crying a lot. I told my husband a few years ago, we were driving to our TSA pre-interview, you know, how you have to like, and I was like, I'm sick of crying all the time. I'm always crying in movies and TV shows and I don't want to cry anymore. And he's like, well, then don't, I don't know. Anyway, we do our TSA pre-interview and we're done and we stand up and the lady's like, you look so familiar. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm an actor. And she goes, yeah, I see your face crying. And I was like, (laughs) I like literally was like, (laughs) what the hell? What was she like? Like listening into our conversation in the car somehow. It's like TSA, like that dialed in. But this is a new, like straight up comedy, which I'm excited about. If like, I could cry on command, I would use that all the time. It's great. To get out of pain. Like, a, <laughs> like I eat the whole pizza, but then when they come to give me the bill, be crying and go, mm-hmm. the pizza made me sad. Dude, it's okay. You don't have to pay. You think they're not going to make you pay for a pizza because it made you sad? <laughs> Are you saying that I live in some kind of bubble and don't um, understand how like- people are in in restaurants? <laughs> I think they would say, we're so bereft that we made Conan O'Brien sad. We think this pizza should be on us. That's exactly what I think. That's how pizza places work. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. You do know how restaurants are. Yeah, I don't live in a bubble. <laughs> I'm not one of those I guys. I mean, if that was the case, no one would pay at Taco Bell or McDonald's. Like, <laughs> I feel like half of the people are sitting by themselves crying, eating that food. <laughs> Myself included. I but know you, I do. Hello, you do. Yeah. I'd like to point out that Taco Bell's a sponsor. Uh, and, I'd also like to point out I love Taco Bell. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. also, uh, Sona has tried that scam at Taco Bell, but she loves Taco <laughs> Bell so much that she'll go there and she'll have. What do you like to have at Taco Bell, Sona? I, I like to have uh, like four or five yeah, tacos. Yeah, just four or five oh, tacos. Just, and yeah. she eats them standing yeah, up. Just a hard she won't sit taco. down. She yeah. stands up in the parking lot and eats them. <gasps> but then what? she's probably, if Sona, if you tried to cry and say, I didn't really like it, you'd probably immediately cut yourself off and say, I'm sorry. That was the greatest four yeah. minutes of my life. <laughs> Tears of joy. Some more money. <laughs> Tears of joy. I want to get, yeah, I want to give them more money. I don't want a free meal. What's your Taco Bell? Are you, uh, mine's the one on Vine. The My Taco yeah. Bell, it, there's one in Pasadena okay. that I go to. Cool. Mine's in Colorado, mm-hmm. in Eagle Rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, I thought you meant in Colorado. No, I know. Yeah. I was it like, is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, mine, the mile high one. Mine, yeah. is in, mine is in Guam. I have, I have a... <laughs> A C a C thirty seven transport plane. It's got the Conan logo on it, and it's routinely I'm like, fire it up. God, Is it Conan, one of those places where you strap yourself into you, the wall of the inside of exactly, the plane? Exactly. Yeah, and there's lots of extra room for cargo, and so I always that's how we we bring a lot of provisions to Guam while we're there, and then I just go to the Taco Bell. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. Well, you know, I want to talk about one friend we have in common because you did this movie. Jesus? Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the carpenter. Now, I didn't realize you and I were going to get into this on the air, but um, we met at church and we see each other at church four times a day. <laughs> and then I take your confession and you take my confession. And by church, he means Taco Bell. Taco Bell is our church. <laughs> uh you did this movie, uh, 13 Going on 30, yes. which uh, is a beloved movie. And you, it's funny because you did it with Jennifer Garner. And then you yes. guys became really good friends yes. in real life. Yes. And what's interesting is your character's not that nice to her character in, in the movie. <laughs> and and um, I could see people being confused 
Just mm. because people get so invested in a good oh, yeah. movie and that is a beloved movie, I could see people getting, and and Jennifer Garner, people really do like Jennifer Garner and they should. She yeah. is a lovely, lovely person. She's perfect. And, um, and uh, you know, perfect. She's know. perfect, Conan. She, she kind of is. She really is. <laughs> no, I she I is. see yeah. uh, I see her a lot. Uh, she we are we live adjacent, and uh, our kids attend school together, mm-hmm. and so and and she is a remarkable person. Yeah, she really is a great person in so many ways, and so classy, mm-hmm. and uh, so elegant. And then I would think. I'm sure there are people that don't like you just because they oh, yeah. think you were mean to Jennifer Garner. Yes. Less lately, but when the movie first came out, for like the first two years of that movie being out, people were like, you're mean. You're a bitch. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, it's a movie, right? Like, and, and we're angry with me for being mean to America's beloved Jennifer Garner. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> They can suck it because we're still friends. So clearly, <laughs> I'm tricking everyone, or I'm actually nice to her. It's so funny because it is something that one of the greatest comedians of all time, this guy Jack you? Benny. Thank Aww. you, me, uh, Jack Benny, a great radio comedian and television comedian. Just you know, probably one of the premier comedians of of the 20th century, and. His shtick was that he was cheap. His shtick was that, <laughs> and he was really good at it. It was really good at, that was kind of his shtick is that he didn't want to part with his money. And then I saw one of the last interviews he did before he passed away. And he, I think he knew he was, he was not going to live much longer. It was really important for him in the interview to be telling people, just, just so that people understand, I really, I think I am a generous person. Aww. I am a, because he was, he, it always, it always made me kind of feel bad because, oh, yeah. but he was so good at committing to it. Obviously, you've played so many different people and you're really loved, but it does make me kind of feel for people who, in the old Hollywood system, you know, uh, in the studio system, there were people whose whole job was one was to play one kind of role and they yeah. were brought in and they could do that for 30 years and the job was to be you're the nosy neighbor who's who's just nasty and you have a yeah. mean face yeah and that they'd say like great and they could be the loveliest person in the world, but everyone probably thought, get out of my restaurant. I don't want you in here. <laughs> I don't care how I, hard you cry. Yeah. You are not getting free. I wonder about that with soap opera actors who like play this literally the same role on a soap opera for years and years and years and years and years. Like, yeah. do you turn into that person? Are you that person? Right. Like, I don't know how you maintain that. Like, do, Yes. If you're in a soap opera- and that's your job and you're an actor and you're in a soap opera. Do you then go home and walk in and pour yourself a drink that's at a little table right by the yes. door of yes. brown, of brown liquor and sip it as your wife says, what's, you know, how come you don't, we haven't made love right. in months. And then you just turn around and you have a scheme. Yeah. And you only speak to people when your back is to them. So that you can both be in the shot. <laughs> My friend is on Young and the Restless, and I swear they work harder than anyone else in the business. Oh my God, yeah. Like they have to do 30 pages of dialogue a day, probably more sometimes. One time I was telling her, I met up with friends after my job, and I was saying, like, oh, work was good today. Like I just couldn't get this scene, and I felt bad. I had to ask for more takes. And she was just like, you can ask for more takes? 
I was like, <laughs> you can't? She's like, no, we do it once and then we move on. And she's like, maybe sometimes I can get it. I, I don't know. I was just like, I probably also shouldn't have said she was on Young and the Restless. But anyway, um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Missy Claire Egan, she's the best. But anyway, I was just like, whoa. And I realized like that is such hard work. That's unbelievable. And I- they don't even have assigned parking. That's the oh. worst part. To not have assigned parking. I won't do anything. Do you know what I mean? If they said, if right now, and I know this probably can't happen because I'm not a uh, British citizen, but let's say the Queen yes. of England said, I want to knight Conan O'Brien. Ooh. First time we've ever knighted someone who's an American citizen and he needs to fly over here and um, just, and I say, okay, what's involved? And they say, we're sending you a jet and then a car is going to pick you up. And then you you could just, and then um, you'll, you can't take the car in, but just take your own car to this right. part. And then when you get to Buckingham Palace, try and find a spot. <laughs> I'm out. I'm like out. level two or higher? Yeah, exactly. I'm out. I'm like, I don't want to go like, anywhere. I'm like, fuck you and your knighthood. I don't need this shit. You think I'm going to be driving around on the left side of the road looking for a parking space just so I get your knighthood? No, assigned and, and parking. No, I want my own spot. And, and I want it to have my name on it. Yeah, and I don't want it to be like just written on a piece of paper. Right. Come on. Engraved. <laughs> Engraved. With gold. Yeah, parking is a big deal. <laughs> real gold. It has to be real gold. For that gold. one hour. Look, anyone listening who thinks that maybe we're misbehaving, you don't understand. We're <laughs> entitled to this. And in my opinion, this is the least that Judy Greer and Conan O'Brien deserve. The very least. <laughs> You're lucky we cut it off here, okay? <laughs> but um, I did want to I'm, – I'm so thrilled – because I get to mention that you're doing a uh, a project with me because uh, as anyone listening right now knows, Conan loves Judy Greer passionately. <laughs> and, and it's a little creepy. <laughs> Sorry. You get to slap me soon. But I was really excited because uh, we were developing this scripted podcast for Audible and uh, Self-Center. And we really loved the script. And then I heard that you might be interested in yeah. doing it. Yes. And you are so good in Aww. this role. And that I was thinking about thought. this. Well, no. <laughs> I, when someone's complimenting me, I never tell them to wrap it up. I know. And that's where yeah. <laughs> you and I are a little different. <laughs> anyway, I'm really thrilled that you're uh, that you're doing it. And I was telling you today that one of the things I love is it's a different kind of acting, I would imagine, because it's audio only. We don't see you, but I feel like I've been listening to it in my car. Like you are present in my car. Thank you. Uh, when I actually you do this, am. Well, then I found you. <laughs> then I then I found you in the back seat. <laughs> you were, it's not weird. Just, it wasn't just that weird. There. Yeah, you just sort of. You're there a lot. I put a blanket over myself, <laughs> <laughs> which never works. By the way, can I just put that out there? If you're in the back of someone's car and you just pull a blanket over yourself, they'll find you. They will. You haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't want to find you, Gorley. Maybe I know you're there. I just don't want to get into the hole. Then we have to have a conversation. Maybe you just want me to stay. Yeah. No, that's sweet and, and wrong. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's called Self-Center, and it's a really cool idea. Yeah. I, I like it, and I love I love you in it. Oh, I thank you. I read it, and I was like three pages in and was laughing hysterically and wanted more than anything to do it. Uh 
It's so funny. It's written by Matthew Chauncey. Mm-hmm. Well, developed by him. There are other writers too. And I'm not going to say their names because I don't know them off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, other writers. Let's make them up. I think Chaz Binkley did an amazing job. I think Sarah uh, Dabadu really yeah. brought it. Um, Ned Schneebly was <laughs> incredible. Brought that Schneebly magic yes. that you always want. It always does. Um, no, it was really funny to me. It was about stuff that my girlfriends and I talk about all the time. Like, uh, I don't even want to say her name, but she was a famous actress who now has a very famous website and sells a lot of things on it. And mm-hmm. it starts with a G mm-hmm. and ends with a P. And um, I thought we were poking some good fun at that world. Not yes. just her, but that world. Of, that world of you like, can you can you can be your best self by buying these products. By spending a gajillion dollars on things. Um, <laughs> and I get sucked into it on the daily, so I'm a victim of it too. But uh, I thought it was just so funny and well-written. And I realized a genre that I didn't really know I, is horror comedy, which now mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with and I love. Yeah. Um, and I've been reading a lot of them lately. And so anyway, I was really excited to do it. And it was great because um, no one wants to talk about COVID probably, but uh, we recorded this about a year ago. So we were like halfway into the first year of this pandemic and the election and just everything was exploding and everything was terrible. And I wasn't working. And I just was like in such a, as we all probably were dark place. And then I get the script to, to do and perform. And it was like, just the sunshine came out after like a horrible winter. And I just was like, I got to go to work and record this. And we laughed so hard every day, all day. And I just wish it would have gone on for longer because it was, it was exactly what I needed at the time. And kind of, again, like it was awesome to do. And the, in the, in the story, the person who plays uh, this, this guru, this Mm -hmm. self-help Guru for you know um, uh, self empowerment and everything is uh, Kim Cattrall who does a really good job of inhabiting <laughs> and and you hear her and you go like oh, she's doing a takeoff on this kind of person but it it really does work it's, it's really fun yeah and like I got to see her face on Zoom when we were recording so that was like a highlight of my life now, how are you doing with the whole Zoom of it all I, I don't know I miss people. Like, it's so nice to be here in this room with you. It's just different. And it oh, does. Oh, because I'm just people, like anyone here. <laughs> That's pretty much what I took away from that. I just I, miss people. I just miss, like, literally anyone. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, anyone, uh, anyone on the street I would have sat with um, today. You signed up. And you, you accepted. They called and said, it's a podcast. And you said, as long as I'm talking, as long as there's a warm body, yeah, yeah. you said, I'll do it. I know it's Conan's podcast, but do I have to talk to him? Like, it could be anyone. <laughs> literally. You know, a lot of people say that when they... <laughs> I'll, I'll do it, but does Conan have to be part of Conan's podcast? <laughs> is he really there? Um, or Why? just like a name? <laughs> I don't Conan know. owns it. He has a mm, 2% interest. <laughs> Two. Yeah. I have a terrible, terrible business I manager. To, I want to have to meet my lawyer because I think oh, you no, get like terrible. at least four or five. No, I'm a sign spinner when there. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> Verizon or Subway? Because I think I've seen you. Subway. That's me. I love Subway. I really spin hard when you do. Are you a Subway person? You like Subway? And, and by the way, we're not getting any money from them. So <laughs> I do love Subway. I uh, I've re-embraced fast food and candy during the pandemic. Yes, like, yeah. I was 
early on. Um, yes, I love Subway because I don't eat meat and I, you can always like get like a healthy fast food option at Subway and I'm not paid by them either. Um, but then candy, I got like really into because I was waiting in line with a thousand masks on and gloves once during early on in the pandemic and like and doing my grocery shopping. And I was looking down at the Skittles in the checkout lane. And I was like, I remember when I was little, I like screamed at my parents, like when I'm grown up, I'm going to eat as much candy as I want. I'm going to eat candy all day long and you won't be able to stop me. And I was like, why don't I eat more candy? Like candy is awesome and we're all going to die. And I'm like, I'm, I'm breaking that promise that that little girl made. Yeah. You're, this is an important breakthrough for you. <laughs> I've been, so I've how been, many Skittles have you been eating? I eat Skittles <laughs> all day. I mean, I was eating When them. you cry in a scene, is it you have <laughs> multicolored tears? <laughs> I taste the rainbow on the daily. Let me just tell you what. I am not afraid of a bag of Skittles. In fact, at my last job, the camera guys were hiding them like in my props and stuff. Like, because I was, I've, I've gone way to the other side where I feel like I might need to cut back, but. Yeah, you have a terrible addiction. <laughs> that may destroy you and destroy the lives of everyone around you. I always like to end on that note. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, there's no escaping. Once Skittles have you in their grip, you're a lost cause. We're and, segueing uh, right into an episode of Intervention. There's <laughs> <laughs> a few friends in here that want to talk to you. Oh. Yeah, George Clooney's outside. He couldn't get in because people don't know it's George Clooney. They have no he idea. Didn't bring his prosthetics. And people were like, what a horrible little homunculus. Why would... Come on, I'm telling you, I'm Clooney. I'm Clooney, let me in. I'm going to do an intervention with Jody. Jody Greer. I just didn't bring my pads and my face. God, I feel sorry for him. Me too. Well, um, this is not work. I have to tell you that much right now. I said today, like, well, got to go to work. And then I realized I'm going to be in a relatively small room with uh, Judy Greer and um, who, by the way, you're in addition to being lovely and uh, very attractive and talented, you are one of the quickest comedic uh, improvisers I've come across. Seriously, like really? you're just so always, you're so fast <laughs> and so you. naturally funny and you're always right there with it. And I'm just, I thought, oh wait, I just said I'm headed to work, but that's like, <laughs> I'm the Skittles taster at the Skittles factory <laughs> saying I have to go to work. <laughs> Well, someone's got to do it. <laughs> I guess I'll eat the goddamn Skittles in the most comfortable chair. But no, I uh, you are you are an absolute absolute delight, oh, and that's you. all I got to say on that subject. <laughs> I know you have a lot of detractors out there. I, there are a lot of haters, and right? I get it. Trust me, <laughs> I was until about five minutes ago. Oh, wow, that I, that far into the interview. Oh yeah, I wasn't having it. <laughs> And then I turned the corner when you got to the whole Skittles thing, because, you know, you had me then. <laughs> Another thing we have in common. Yeah. I hope you enjoy your time in Boston and that you're well appreciated there. Well, uh, Sona has called ahead <laughs> and she's hired people well to done. recognize me and make yes. a big deal out of me. And yeah, we're going to, so we weird. hired someone to pretend to be paparazzi. Oh, smart. Yeah. yeah. Because, I haven't done that yet. Oh, it's the best. I, <laughs> oh, it's the best. <laughs> the big problem is I cheaped out. I I, fi I hired a fake paparazzi guy, but uh, I didn't want to pay for like an expensive camera. So I got him one of those cardboard Kodak ones. Oh, 
Oh, fine. So he's no. in retreating in front of me, and I'm like saying, "Leave me alone, leave me alone." And he's taking one click, then winding, to wind it. then clicking, right. <laughs> and everyone knew right away. Oh. Well, maybe, um, I wonder, let's see, what else could, what about like an old school, one of those big video cameras? And then you could grab it and smash it on the ground. Smash it. And like, have mm-hmm. like a Sean Penn moment. Yes. That's what I want to do. I think you could be a little bit more dangerous I with think your I'm, hired paparazzis. You think, I think in general, I don't, Ooh. in general, I think I need to exude more I danger. do too, for sure. I'm going to start being way more dangerous. I've decided right well, this second. No one who says it like that. <laughs> but you I don't do, believe me? I do legitimately think that I don't, I don't come across as like a threat to anybody. <laughs> yeah, get behind me. Um, I when I go on meetings with like general meetings with like directors or producers, like, so what have you? What do you want to do that you haven't done? And I was like, well, I'd, I'd love to be in like an action movie, and they're like, yeah. I could run from someone or, or chase someone. You could run. You could definitely run from someone. <laughs> but if you chase someone and then they ran because because they were afraid of you catching them, no one's going to buy into that. Hurts. All right. And that's that's the problem, too. I have that, too. Mm -hmm. I don't come across as like, I'm not a sexual threat. Oh. You are, in a way, in that you threaten sexuality. (laughs) I threaten the concept of sexuality? (laughs) Yes. With my presence. Yes. My presence threatens the the entire concept of sexuality. A mood killer. You threaten. Oh. Oh, yeah. Threaten sex. Yes. In that. Yes, you yes. Threatened to squash. Yeah. No babies were ever conceived <laughs> during any episode of any of my late night shows. They noted that was, uh, that's just a Wait, fact. That probably is not true. And that would be an interesting thing to know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't see how we can record that, but I'm going to spend a, <laughs> I'm going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money looking into it. Lots of money. And those are going to be some creepy phone calls. <laughs> uh, hello? Yeah, did you watch Late Night with Conan O'Brien in the night? You did. Okay. Okay, I'm Conan? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. No, I did get old. Um no, I'm just curious. Did you ever have sex during? What? During? Hello? What? I don't think you do it that way. No. I feel like it could be a reality show where you ask people. No, wait. I need to workshop I'm this a little this bit down, more. Like you ask show. people of like if anyone wants to come on, and you could like test maybe like the age of their child and what time. Yes. Yes. If the we child could was- narrow it down, then right. But I think people would know if they conceived while your show was on. This is how self-centered I am. <laughs> if someone was having sex while my show was playing, I would be offended that they weren't paying attention right. to me. <laughs> I know. That's true. Never mind. We don't want to know. If Pam and America. Tommy Lee, in the ba- if while they were going at it and they recorded it on a videotape, if in the background you could see that Late Night with Conan O'Brien was on, I would sue I would sue. I would say, I know you both have amazing bodies and you were going at it. Right. But come on. This might be your next cameo in another movie, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now that we're trying to get you on that call sheet. Oh, man. <laughs> well, here's what I want to pitch. I want to pitch like every third episode of my podcast is with Judy Greer and that you shut down everything else you're doing. <laughs> and please do this I'll do because it. Um, you are. You are just fantastic. Thank you you are fantastic. Thank you so much for doing so it. You're just it made uh, me laugh, and I was sobbing an hour ago. Were you really? No. Oh, God damn <laughs> but it! I you will me in. in one hour. Right. 
I actually was getting acupuncture okay. for real. Really? <laughs> yeah. And that's going to make you cry in an hour? It's going to make me sleep really well tonight, she said. Okay. I had acupuncture once and it was amazing and the woman was fantastic. And when it was done, I said, this is fantastic. I really love this. I'd like to do this again. And she said, you're my last client on my last day that I'm ever doing this. <laughs> And it wasn't because of me. I know that you're all thinking that. She literally, she was great. And she said, I don't, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm ending after today and you're my last person. And I've been Ever. doing it. And I've been doing it for 20 years. And she said, and I'm not doing it anymore oh. after today. And I went, well, can you recommend someone? And she went, I don't know. And oh. <laughs> so I never that got was it the again. Last time. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, did Am I the reason? Did she look at my freckled body and go no. like, Bleh. I just think, why would she take on a new patient? <laughs> yeah. She must was, have been a fan. That's a nice way to think of she it. She must have been a fan and she wanted to go big or and go home. Sorry. It would be for her in this situation to go big and go home because she wasn't an or because she was definitely never acupuncturing. How about every seventh again. podcast? <laughs> I'm putting you down for every seventh. I just think you really- <laughs> You really, you really, really dropped the ball in the end. <laughs> um, Judy Greer, you're beloved for thank a reason. You. And oh, um, thank you so much. And please come back I anytime. That'd be great. Okay, thank you. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and Crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. <laughs> There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts and, or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to that do helps. anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC.
have a story to recount. Mm. I hurt my ankle quite badly. There. Done. That's my story. <laughs> Wait, did you really hurt your ankle? I did. I, I rolled my ankle on some ice. I was walking on ice and I rolled it and uh, it was quite painful and it wouldn't get better. And so I finally went to uh, CVS and I don't know why, but I went and got one of those compression socks that helps hold your foot together. Yeah. I've never felt older in my life oh, than buying yeah. a compression sock. I bought yeah. a compression sock. I went, first of all, when you when you walk through the aisle and someone says, can I help you, sir? And you say, where are the compression socks? <laughs> and they say, oh, right this way, sir. And I could tell he even spoke more loudly. Uh, I'm like, I'm not that old. I think of myself as a very young dynamic. <laughs> you felt older getting compression socks than you did the time you got orthotics? What? Okay, I got orthotics- <laughs> Anyone can get, children can get orthotics. Okay. You know, and I got orthotics because I was having some low back pain and it was suggested to me that uh, maybe I was pronating a little bit, which was causing uh, some problems in my low back. So I got orthotics and the problem went away. But then you used to tease me anytime I would say, Sona, I've got to reorder some of my orthotics. <laughs> and you can't say I need to reorder my orthotics without sounding like a complete doofus. <laughs> And no, I would try different ways. I'd be like, so anyway, it's really important that we uh, reorder those orthotics. And every time you do it, but compression socks and orthotics, those are things that the minute you bring them up, it's over. So I yeah. went and I got a compression sock. Yeah. And then I said, I've got to put this compression sock on my ankle. And the guy was like, okay. And I said, but first I'll need to remove my orthotics. <laughs> And the guy was like, uh, okay, whatever you got to do. And then I said, by the way, I'm still a sexual threat. And he went, what? I'm still a sexual threat to any women out there. Uh, uh, and then he handed once, you a box of Geritol. Yeah. And said, I, once I, I knew you were coming. Once I get my uh, compression socks over my orthotics, I'm ready to be a sexual threat to all the women out there. I've got big dick energy with my orthotic. And my compression sock. This compression sock is for my big dick. It's such a threat. Yeah. I sprained my penis. Now my penis needs orthotics and a compression sock. And it also needs an aloe gel. Hello? Why is this store emptying out? Does anyone know I'm a sex sexual threat in aisle four? <laughs> We've got a sexual threat in aisle four. Uh, uh, well, anyway, oh, if you man. see me limping down the street, ladies and gentlemen, that's the story. That's the story. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. 
This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. <laughs>